0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Trending Up We are excited to be back Starting up our new season on the topic of grief uh, If you missed out the intro We invite you to go back one episode And figure out what this new season is all about Why we're doing it And what we're trying to do with this season And So we're excited to kick off with the first official episode on grief uh, But before that Edgar, how are we doing man? Let's do a little check in How's everything been?
1: yeah yeah this winter has been fun i've been learning to snowboard so that's been good i'm embracing the cold um but nice, on nice. a just personal level um it's been uh it's been rough my kids have been sick and then they get me sick and then i feel uh run down but um, overall i i am looking forward to the rest of this year uh, so far so good H- how about
0: you yeah, I hear you with that, man. I've heard that. Yeah, if you have toddlers in school, you get everything uh, from the school that comes home. So so my heart's with you. Man, I'm kind of feeling the same. I don't have any toddlers, but I am feeling under the weather. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we got a little, little bug here. I think a little cold. Um, but it's been good. Things are getting hotter now. It seems like the summer is finally hitting florida again already in february this is literally february not, man how we,
1: can you have it's the summer
0: it's been um it was nice and cool it, and then this last week especially it got down to the 80s or up to the 80s um but we were down at a nice place you know in the 50s it was nice the sun was out 50s, 60s it was nice to be outside walk and now it's starting to get a little hot so yeah but other than that everything's been good man just just been busy um and just trying to keep up with this, with the, with this, with sports, you know, our Lakers are looking good, a little ish, you know, they've been cheated out by the refs. Come on, man. Um, but we have some new additions, and so we're excited for that. And I know, if we're football, we're probably not going to talk about it because we're probably both hurt. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not it's, the Bills and the Cowboys did not have a a favorable outcome. Yeah, them.
0: but you know what? It might be s- something to talk about with grief, right? Um. You yep. know, uh, and so I know how, yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
1: What comes to mind is the the idea that uh grief is not just found in uh, relationships because, well, let let's let's let the Oxford Dictionary define grief. Grief, according to the Ooh, Oxford okay. Oxford Dictionary, says, is deep sorrow, especially that especially caused by someone's death. Mm. But you know what's interesting is that. When we're talking about sports, two years ago, the the Buffalo Bills lost to the Kansas City Chiefs when they had 13 seconds left in the game. They lost. Uh, So the next day, people were devastated. People online were saying, how can I go to work when the Bills lost? You know, (laughs) they were experiencing grief. The loss of their team's aspirations for that championship. And. I I believe we're all affected by grief. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think we're all we're all grie- We're all grieving. Um. That th- that makes me think about how grief, you know, kind of has this idea of expectations attached to it in a way, where you grief because you had some expectation that this wasn't going to happen, or, um, you know, going to your sports analogy, right? You have these hopes of your team going far and. The whole year leading up to this, you know, the championship, going to the Super Bowl. This happens every year with the Cowboys. It's always our year. Every year is our year. And then something always happens and the Cowboys go cowboying and lose to a 49ers team that we could have beaten, should have beaten if we would have been, whatever, right? The, the shoulda, woulda, could couldas. But I like that, you know, it, it's, it, grief is a strong emotion, right, and that we all feel. And most of the time when we talk about grief, obviously it's connected in a relational aspect of losing a loved one or even a loved animal or, but it can also mean a lot of other things. I would say it's a loss of anything that can bring grief, right? This strong emotion of what could have been, right? If my dad would have been here longer, if my mom, if my sister, if this person wouldn't have gone away, if your job, my, if my job, job, right? If my job wouldn't have fired me, house, if my health yeah. wouldn't have left, you know, if, some of the older people in my congregation too and community that where i live you know a lot of them you know retired and they just start losing the ability to move as they did before right so if they weren't you know or they had a stroke and so you know it's grieving that um where uh it's all mixed you know i I think it's something very interesting to see as we transition to the bible right how uh I was trying to figure out what the word is, but I feel like we're all walking messes, right? We all uh have so much going on from childhood to today we are are dealing with grief, we're dealing with trauma, we're dealing with chaos, we're dealing with a lot of dysfunction, and uh, we walk around carrying all these bags, right, trying to make sense of it, and uh it, it's it's very 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 interesting to see right because you you know you bring I bring my grief to the table, you bring your grief to the table. Then you have some unhealthy relationships sometimes where people try to compete or compare. Why are you still crying? Why are you not crying? Um, why are you, you know, if you would have gone through all that I went through, you wouldn't be, you know. And so it's very interesting uh, to see. But the reality is that we are all broken people and uh, and hurt people hurt people. And that's something that we're going to see now as we transition to probably the first stories of the Bible, right, found in the first book of the Bible, Edgar, what 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 happens? I mean, this was kind of your idea here to start here in Genesis. Um What do you <laughs> yeah, see about grief? No, for sure. Yeah, yeah, here. <laughs> so I
1: I laugh because for the churches I've been I've been pastoring for the la- last eight years, uh they constantly hear me harping and I believe that a lot of scripture, so a lot of the Bible, um, contains hyperlinks or have connections to the first three books of scripture of genesis genesis one two and three mm. and i think Genesis one two and three are super important That's foundational so if you yeah foundational and you know I, I would even make the the bold statement that you know it, it is a goal to read the bible in its entirety but if you skip one two and three mm. you really lose the the encompassing the summary of the human experience uh and what god desires for us which is found in genesis 1 2 and 3 so i thought grief you know we're all affected by it the scripture address it and we all you well you may have heard of the story of adam and eve the first two children of of god that yeah. that he created in the garden of eden right so in verse 15 you know we're gonna fast forward after the snake talks to Eve, and it is a common it's a misnomer to think that Adam was somehow distracted somewhere building a desk, and Eve <laughs> was the one that got duped. But when you read the text, it is implied that Adam is near, next to, with mm-hmm. Eve. So the mm-hmm. deception found in Adam and Eve with Adam and Eve with Eve is also encompasses adam so what we see is this after eve and adam eats of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil after they rationalized to do this which god told them not to do verse eight says well verse seven says then the eyes of both of them were opened and then they hid right they hid Mm -hmm. they they went and they hid from someone they were naked from each other they i believe that the one that sin leads to grief in relationships so there's a loss of this like mutual understanding i mean no no matter who you are it um for those that are married yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be you, you, your 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 spouse may have seen you you know go into the shower so they may have seen you naked right but that is uh, that idea of of nudity. I mean, there's speech beaches, yeah, but <laughs> beast, yeah. uh, that that general idea, it, you don't feel comfortable seeing someone uh, nude, right? So they hide. They, there's no there's a loss of this like innocence of this understanding mm. that they are okay mm. because, you know. So they hide, and then and then it says that the Bi- the Bible says that God went and looked for Adam and Eve. Mm. He asks the question, "Where are you?" Mm. So I will present to us that God also grieves the relationship with his creation, with humanity. Mm. W- what do you think? W- what comes to mind when you read this
0: story? Yeah, man, I think, um, like you beautifully stated, right, uh, one of the things that sin brings with it is shame, right? And uh, whereas before, you, I don't know, we, we don't really, you know know what they were if they had anything on, but this is like kind of the sin. they're now more self-conscious and it's like you know and they're shamed and that's what a lot of it's interesting that happens right uh, when we sin and, and a lot of our lives are just fil- bu- you know built with shame and the natural response to that is to hide and that's when God comes out and he's like, yo where are you? like we had been communing together without any hiding and now it's like you're hiding from me, right? Um, and so it's interesting to see what you're saying, right? God grieving and kind of uh as a parent, I think, I don't know, maybe you can speak to that if one maybe the one of the first moments where he sees that things aren't a hundred percent perfect, right? And what is your response then? All right, when you see like the whole time, you know, these they've it's been great, it's been awesome, and all of a sudden now they're hiding from you and you're like, These are my kids. Like what what happened? Right. And so I think there is that, yeah, that grief element from, from God, where he asks the question that's very rhetorical, I think, to really speak to the heart of Adam and Eve. Like, why are you hiding from God? Like, we've been cool with him the whole time. And all of a sudden now we're hiding. um it, yeah, There's like a, a shock to it, to it, right?
1: There's yeah. a shock element, but there's also a condescending, a condescending element to it in the sense that, okay, um, God in theory, the idea that he knows everything, right? We have that understanding. He knows the beginning from the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He knows all this, right? He didn't need to show up to the garden to know what happened.
0: Hmm.
1: To find right. out what happened. Right. He right. he shows his intent is to look for a relationship that he values and there is this surprise to him when he says, when he, when he thinks to himself, like, where are you? The, the, the Bible says that in the cool of the day, uh, the, that God was walking through the garden. And that idea of cool in the day is foreign to us. I mean, here in Buffalo, New York, the cool of the day is literally all winter long. There's no such thing as like a warmer. But in the ancient world, the cool of the day was the 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 hours where the temperature has already peaked and now it's cooling down so then people go out and and spend time with one another like Florida. So I yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sure uh, the the the, the, yeah, come the on. Wet hey, version, right? Buffalo Buffalo's the, too cold.
0: Uh, Buffalo's too cold. Here there's a the cooler day. It's like well, yeah. I got you. Uh,
1: okay, so you got it. Maybe maybe you understand that better better than than, than me, but in the Middle East culture that's when people get together that's when they spend time with one mm. another and god desires relationship with us with not just the people in the church building but people who are in their homes and not even aware of religion the idea mm. of jesus or the idea of a father who who loves them so I I would venture to say that the Bible is not just supposed to be how we go back to God, but how God has been wanting to come back to us mm. and restore that relationship. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's good, man. I I do I do see how you're saying uh that these first three chapters of the Bible are like foundational, right? Because there's so many so many things you can go out of here. You know, just the idea of God investigating before He does anything, right? Actually showing up and going, um. But in the terms of in the terms of grief, right, it's it's very interesting to see, um, I think our responses as humans to when things don't go our way, right. And so obviously, Adam and Eve believe the serpent; they believe that God is withholding something, and they go, they try to take that by force or out of the right approach, right. And then they are exposed and shamed and now hiding from the very one that created them and had given them everything. And God comes and, you know, has that face-to-face with them where it's like, what are you doing? He clothes them, and then he goes on to tell him kind of what will happen because of that, right? The results of their actions. Um, what's uh, crazy to me, too, is how God, like you said, how God connects himself to our grief and our pain, right? It could be really easy for him to be far away and disconnected, right, and not really be in that. Um, And I think that's sometimes what we do when we see other people that are grieving or family members or friends or whatever it may be, right? We see them in their pain. And I'm not saying that's an invitation for you to get in there and be like, all right, make this about me. Oh, I'm hurt, too, because that also can be a turnoff, right? Oh, I've cried. So it's like, well, that wasn't your son or dad or father. You know, that was, you know. But there is this element of empathy, I think, that is that is beautiful to see when people can just sit in the pain i think of job and we'll probably talk about them later but job's friends not to give it away but they come and they sit for about seven days with job in the pain that he's feeling right he's lost everything and instead of talking which they later talk and then they put their foot in their mouth but they just sit there in the pain and it's just having some relationship having some community in that time is very important and i see that from god and him obviously being hurt because he's saying man if you would have just trusted like none of what's going to happen Will come right, but then him willing to come out and get into the mess of it, right? Because he could have sent an angel, right? He could have sent an angel. He could have sent an animal, maybe talk. Whatever he'd be like. Hey, God's upset. Y'all messed up. Bye bye. But he personally comes and says, "Hey, what's going on? What happened?"
1: Yeah, you know, you you mentioned something that was uh, true to me in my experience. So uh, a year ago, my wife and I lost our third son, Caleb, and. Uh, we really went through the the ebbs and flows of grief in the specific context of losing a, a child. And w- what I encountered was there were people, well-meaning people, and, and I'm not saying they're bad people, but be- good people make mistakes just like me, just like everyone else. And I found people who, when they felt uncomfortable, they felt that they wanted to try to do something to try to make them feel more comfortable about the situation they're already in. So what I'm (laughs) trying to say is that grief, you know, it's easy to try to, when you see someone grieving to try to, to feel uncomfortable and then try to fix it. But a lot of times you can't fix Hmm. the issues that grief is, you know, is coming from. So sitting with a person and just being with the person and, um in this context we find that like you said God shows up and he put himself in this in this you know difficult and awkward situation. G- uh Genesis 1 and 2 show that God was intimate in how he created Adam and Eve. He formed them, right? And then uh in Genesis 1 it shows that he made this paradise for Adam and Eve to be to multiply. Now You find in the text that that whole plan is discarded by sin, so I don't know about you, but if something bad is happening, I'm like, I'm out, you know. Mm -hmm. I I, this is too Mm -hmm. much for me, but yet God doesn't do that; He stays there.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good, man. And um, yeah, bro, that's good. It's interesting. It's a beautiful picture from God. Obviously, a heartbroken situation from adam and eve and and then what you see is kind of the idea where that continues right where god warns them of what's to come and then we're told in chapter four where adam and eve get together and they have a son and they name him birth and they can't name him cain um and then they have another son and name him abel and long story short in that situation right cain and abel are there and Cain is one that grows crops he has a harvest Abel is like a shepherd and he has a flock and so God tells them hey look um I want I need I need you to bring a gift so the Bible says that Abel brought that that when it was time for the harvest Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord which wasn't a bad thing because he came and did it right which is awesome um and Abel also brought a gift, the best portions, we're told, of the firstborn lambs from his flock, right? And again, like you were saying, Edgar, Genesis is really a foundation, hyperlinking to what's to come, right? We know that Jesus is the lamb, um, the spotless lamb. So there's this idea behind this of God trying to teach already of what is to come that he will do. And we're told that the Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected, Right. Um, And I guess you could say that's a little bit of grief, too. Um, It was, you know, failed expectations, and maybe it was a traumatic effect, right? Um, I like, as I mentioned last week, Rich Viotis's definition of trauma is not just receiving what we didn't need to receive, whether it be physical abuse, spiritual, you know, emotional abuse, but it's also not receiving what you thought you should have received, right? Maybe extra love from your family members, maybe more affectionate parents, maybe more present friends and family members or or teach whatever it is right and here i think Cain has that traumatic effect where he's expecting the same response that abel got because abel brought the best sheep from his flock Cain we're not necessarily shared that he brought he brought some of his crops but long story short he's upset right and i think that's an interesting conversation there to see a lot of things here right but to see what do we do when we're grieving and when we're mourning and maybe when we're even angry, right? Because I know, Edgar, maybe you felt this um, when you were grieving, right? Just like the unfairness of it. I know I've had those situations too, you know, as a pastor, pastoring through COVID, a lot of people either from my church or others around, you know, you read in the news or you hear of people that went to the hospital for COVID, maybe were even older than my dad with more, you know, things going on, comorbidities, and other stuff that they were facing, and yet came out and are fine and well, right? And you have to fight that inner desire of anger, right? Which is kind of what God tells Cain. He says, Look, there is an enemy crouching at you. Like, you got to fight that thing that is in you that's trying to come out. Like, you keep that in check because that can end up in a bad place. And I have to really check myself and say, you know, again, thinking about, okay, life isn't fair. And it's, if you start comparing, you're always going to be dissatisfied because there's always someone better or faster or stronger, wiser, things that don't happen to them that happen to you, right? But it, trying to think about that and, and not allow that to consume me so much that I'm so upset and frustrated and act out in that. I don't know if you had that situation, Edgar, at all, but I, I, it's interesting for me to see that in Kane, right? Different situation, you know, he came and he's frustrated because he did his part. And maybe he didn't give the best crops, who knows? We don't really have all the details, but we know that he's upset because God accepted Abel's, and um, and lo and behold, and I'll let you go, Edgar to, to the next, but lo and behold, he gets there, He gets upset, calls Abel, attacks him, and kills him. And then God again comes out, similar to the question of where Adam and Eve, Where are you? He says, "Hey, where's your brother? Where's Abel?" And he says, "I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Like am I the one that has to keep up with him?" And so you see already this generational dealing with problems and with grief and with uh, issues in life from the very beginning, from the very first humans on earth, you see this dysfunction and how it's passed over from generations, right? When it's this, I think, core thing, when you're you're not waiting on God to bring what he's going to bring or to clarify what he needs to clarify, or if you're not going to God to give you the answers you're seeking and you bring it upon your own hands, it always ends up worse, right? Um, But Edgar, yeah, what do you think? You know, yeah, w- when I read Genesis 4, um, we see
1: that that it, you brought up Cain and Abel. The other aspect is Adam and Eve, right? They're the ones that lost their relationship with God. And then at, at the end of Genesis 3, it says that there will be one that will destroy the snake that, that, that deceived them. Right. But but that person would get hurt, right? So there's a Savior. There's a promise of the Messiah. So with that in mind, Genesis uh, 4 verse 1 says that when Ad- when Eve— birthed Cain she said I have made a man from the Lord like I have acquired a man from the Lord so she thinks in her mind that Cain is the answer to the sin problem yeah so now but 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 again so the grief of the loss with 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 God in the garden is affecting her life experience now outside of the garden so grief has this way of Leaching hmm, of that's good. leaking into different parts of our life that's good so that connects with what you you what you highlighted that Cain's offering wasn't accepted but wait do you think that Eve ever told Cain you know you are the answer you God gave me you hmm. you came out of hmm. me and now you can destroy the enemy but instead of destroying the enemy the Bible gives us the the idea that Cain went on the side of the enemy he didn't destroy the enemy and 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 what i'm saying is that the grief of that Adam and Eve had from sinning from losing the relationship with god affected their chi- children and their family uh, surroundings and then after Cain kills Abel and the grief of losing a child now it, you know, Adam and Eve believe that their their actions ha- have created this situation where their own son killed their own son. At the end, it says that Adam knew his wife, and she bore a son named Seth. Mm. And she says this: "For God has gi- appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed." So then, what we find is that you you see that. Eve has this like experience of saying, you know, I was wrong about Cain. And this issue now of Seth coming shows that this sin situation is way more complicated than she thought it could be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's good, bro. I like that, man. Um you know, I, as you were talking, I was thinking about the difference in these stories where Adam and Eve feel grief because of something that they did and that and the relationship that they lost and then you see Cain who I guess now we're you know we're kind of labeling this as a grief moment or traumatic moment an expectation unfulfilled but now compared to his parents who grieved because of an action or something that happened to them he grieved and then he did something right and so it's kind of like the full compass of it right where where everything you know connects yeah everything connects and and so you see how each individual relates, right? Adam and Eve in a perfect world choose to believe that God is withholding something from them, which they had no proof of, but they just believe the lie that, there was, that was being told to them. And they lose out on everything they had uh, based because they thought there was more out there. And then they begin to grieve and try to figure it out themselves, put themselves, cover themselves, and God shows up, ends up covering for them. And that's a message of, of, of the gospel right, right there. And then you have Cain who experiences a loss of expectation, a loss of, you know, a a loss in thinking that, hey, I'm the firstborn. And in the Bible, firstborns have a pivotal role. And God's already even, you know, weaving in these beautiful things about the lamb, like you said, right? He will, you know, hurt the serpent, referring to the devil, right? There's just going to be someone that's going to come that make everything right. And now here Cain is acting out of his experience. In a negative way. And I think that sometimes is, I don't want to say that people without the Bible or without God, right, if they're not Christian, they don't know how to deal with grief or loss or failed expectations. I think the Bible is clear in various places that the Spirit is working in the whole world, right, and that God is alive and well in different places, right, in different people, even if they don't subscribe to the Judeo-Christian religion and faith. Um, and so I believe God is able to, you know, help us in this. But what, what, what it teaches here is that, one, uh, if we're not attached to God and we begin to believe maybe the lies or the voices around us, that always ends up and leads us in the wrong place. And two, if we don't check our emotions and our responses to God, that can lead us to continual grief in the sense of, getting rid of other relationships for the sake of our own pain, right? So what happens to Cain? He looks at Abel, and every time he sees Abel, he sees someone that is now seemed to be more favored by God than him, and he says, I need to get rid of this guy. Like, I can't have that, right? And you see that a lot where you have these, you know, you see in the political realm where there's this always fighting. You see it maybe in your friendships and your relationships. You might even see it in your own family where your older, younger sibling is a little more uh, maybe you know, well off, or does a little better, did a little better with her grades or his grades in sports, and here you are trying to earn, you know, or or show that you are better in some way. And So it's always a competition, right? And, and that competition, though, at times can be good to motivate you. A lot of times ends up in a more negative way, right? Because you want to stamp out the competition. You see this in the corporate world; it's a dog-eat-dog world mentality, and that is not congruent with scripture. So it's interesting to me to see these two instances here right in the beginning, right? You would imagine, right, if you're writing a story, you want at least a couple more chapters of perfect world to set it up, right? And then right off in the third chapter of the Bible, like, I don't even know how many chapters there in the Bible, a lot, but in the third chapter of the Bible, in the first couple of pages, already we see a dysfunction in family, already we see pain, already we see grief. And to me, even though it's frustrating and annoying to see that and be like, oh, that sucks. It's just a reminder that human, human, the human experience is a very painful one, full of grief and dysfunction. And it's cool to be able to look at the Bible and kind of see a reflection like a mirror to say, hey, my life is not a mess. You know, all these people in the Bible weren't perfect. They messed up. And yet God was still present making a way for them. And so you know, it's interesting. There is that cycle, right? You see generational grief, the trauma, dysfunctional relationships. You continue, maybe we'll talk about those in little ep- in later episodes, but all throughout Genesis, you're following one family and you see dysfunction as well, right? Dysfunction, 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 dysfunction. And that's the reality of the human experience that the Bible presents.
1: Yeah, yeah. The uh, it, what What came to my mind as you were speaking was the idea that Sometimes when we experience grief or suffering, we think, "Man, it's just me," you know. And it may be unique to your situation, but the sufferings that we experience are actually part of the bigger problem of sin in this world. And we we find that the Bible is showing, exposing the effects and consequences, and the uh what sin does when it comes into the world and for me that that is really uh really important to to comprehend because there were moments when I've gone through grief that I thought you know I must be like I'm the only one going through this but you know our experience probably are unique now I'm sure other parents have lost children and maybe you know it was interesting i'll share this story one of my neighbors a year ago found out that we lost our son and she's in her 70s 80s sweet lady her she lost her husband uh, due to cancer a couple months ago and she told me she said to michelle she said i'm so sorry for your loss and you know that's normal But then but then she then she went to say she like, I lost my son, too. And he was eight. Wow. And she wasn't saying that to compare. She was just saying that as like a side comment. Mm -hmm. And we thought, wow, like whatever pain we're going through, I'm sure if if my son were to be eight and lose him, that impact is different. Right. So what I'm trying to say is that each one of us have our own grief experiences and they're going to be unique. But yet, none of them are exempt from, from God. Like God hears and sees, and His heart grieves with when we go through difficult situations, and He is with us in the midst of all that mess. And throughout the next couple of episodes, we're gonna be highlighting the the cycle of of grief and and how a a a ideal situation. Can turn bad. Then there's a healing, but then, right? Do you think grief ever will leave our existence? On this side of heaven, I don't think so. So, how do we process that? Is the next part of that experience?
0: That's good, and uh, yeah, and we'll we'll be talking into other stories too of people that were real with God, right? That spoke out. You know, we'll 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 hit those conversations in later times. But I love that Edgar. I think. I had just looked up the 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 cycles of grief, right? And just real quickly, it's denial, anger, depression. It's bargaining, as in as in saying, "Hey, if only I had done more, or if only I had been, or if only we would have gone earlier, right?" And then you have acceptance. And and the line here is that there are stages. These stages don't always appear in the same order for everyone, right? So in our stories here, we see maybe the 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 denial, right? The shock, the disbelief. Adam and Eve. Yeah. You have the anger from Cain. Um. You have the yeah. bargaining, maybe, even, too, okay, when they're having the conversation with God. Eve, hey, if, if God, if you wouldn't have given me the woman, uh, you yeah. know, yes. and the woman, yes. hey, if the snake yes. wasn't in here, right, you have this depression that kind of Cain can, Cain can go into when he has to be forced from there, right, uh, of just hopeless and helpless. Hey, God, they're going to find me and kill me. He's like, no, don't worry. I'm yep. going to protect yep. you. Yep. So it's interesting to see, right, the cycles and how, you know, I think it's beautiful to be able to look at the Bible stories and humanize the people there. But like you said, right, I think this is the starting point. Now, if you're going through grief at this moment, if you're frustrated any, any way in that cycle, we encourage you to, to, to firstly, you know, seek help. Right. Look for help. There's a lot of counseling services. Yeah. I did a couple months yeah. of better help. Yeah. Uh, reach out to someone uh, and, and not to be ashamed by it. You know, and the reality is that everyone grieves in different ways. Uh, we, I, I tend to say that grief is like waves. Right. Some days it's great. Some days it's not. Some days you you can find me crying in a corner, just not wanting to do anything. And other days or weeks go by, and I'm fine, right? So you got to be merciful with yourself, and patient with yourself, and understanding with yourself. But this is a beautiful journey. It's a lot of pain, a lot of trauma. But God can do amazing things from this. He hasn't. He doesn't will for this to happen, but He can make good out of bad. And I think we'll spend a lot of time, even in heaven, right? For you know, we believe in a thousand years in heaven processing through the grief of loved ones and what we went through and experienced. And God's gonna give us that time to be able to ask questions, to be able to sit in that pain, to be still frustrated and upset. And He's patient enough to sit with our questions and it's a beautiful picture of a God. So hopefully today you were at least a little bit um encouraged to know that you're not alone in this grief. You have two pastors here that are grieving in their own losses in their own way. Our families And not just that, but from the very beginning of time, you have the human race grieving and going through pain. So may you feel encouraged today that whatever you're facing, whatever you're grieving, whatever you're going through the loss of, that God is with you and that you're not alone and that it's going to turn out in your favor in due time. So hold on. Keep going. And we encourage you to continue to come back. Come back next time uh, for our next episode as we continue on this theme of grief. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and share it recommend it to someone if you found this beneficial and we will talk to you on the next episode god bless